Welcome to the Life of Christ series 4, term 3. This is lesson 26. We're going to pick up where we left off in chapter 15 and uh, page 26. <laughs> this is lesson 26 and we're on page 26. All right. Um, <laughs> in John chapter 5 and verse 43, Jesus says there, I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Now in his commentary, William Hendrickson says that this prophecy was fulfilled over and over again. One false messiah was Thaddeus, or yeah, Theodos, I don't know how to say that, that person. Okay. <laughs> Another was Judas of Galilee, and these are found, that's in Acts chapter 5, 36 through 37. Then came this other guy, Barokba. Okay, <laughs> that was in uh, 132 to 135 AD. Whom, su- whom such a distinguished rabbi as Akiba called the Star of Jacob in Numbers 24.17. There have been several scores of others since their days. The last one will be the Antichrist himself. That's in 2 Thessalonians 2.8 and 9. All of these present themselves without proper credentials. They come in their own name. Yet the people yield their all to them. And they lead many astray. The reason that that happens, uh, let me just uh, comment on this a little bit, is because it's more based on personality. It's based on opinions. It's based on everything that's going on out there. And you know, it's just like, oh, it's that person. Well, that person has to be right. And that's why we have to be very careful about you know people's titles and credentials and everything else. You know, as much as the world, because the world bases everything on that. That's why they say, well, if you want to get anywhere in life, you better go and get some credentials. It's basically what they say to you. You know, go to uni to get a credential. You know, go to wherever to get credentials. It's, it's all about your credentials. It's professor this and doctor that and everything else. And if it's professor this, well, it has to be right. You know, and it, it, it you know, just because they've got that title doesn't mean, and they've done all this learning, it doesn't mean that they're always right. Can, we say, can I say that? Okay. Yes, they know a lot of things. But we really need to be careful about not letting personalities and, and credentials and so on and so forth persuade us you know, in directions that we might be feeling like God's telling us to go in, some, in another direction. But the professionals said that we should dot, dot, dot. You know, and that, that's a lot of the times you know, we, we see a very direct application of that, I guess, in the medical uh, side of things, you know, when the doctor might say, oh, you know, you've got to do this and that and everything else, and, you know, and, and you just sense in your heart God saying, no, it's okay. They're guessing. And sometimes what they put you through is worse than the thing that you have. Have you realized that? <laughs> you know? I've had first-hand experience with that. And, you know, there just came a time when we just said, no, that's enough. Because, you know, half the time they're scratching their head about what's going on. And that's why, you know, we really need to be led by the Spirit in, 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 in the way that we, uh, uh, you know, uh, I guess conduct ourselves and conduct our life and decide on where we're going and where we're not going. Amen? Regardless of what all credentials people have, we need to go to God first at the end of the day. I know the problem is that we sometimes question our hearing, you know, when the medical, some, you know, somebody in the medical profession is saying something contrary to what we're hearing, then we we start questioning: Are we hearing God right? Because what if they're right? You all know what I'm saying. Can I, I'm just being honest with you, okay? And so that's where the problems begin, and then we don't know which way to go. 
Um, and so, you know, but let me just say this. It, it's not that the medical profession is a bad thing, all right? But can I always suggest to you, please pray about which doctor you get. That's right. Amen to that. Pray that when you get there, the right person serves you, not the wrong one. Pray that they're not going to waste your time and they're not going to be led by some other spirit. Because that's, you know, this whole world is run by spiritual influences. You all know that, right? The Apostle Paul says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers and all of that stuff is what's going on. And that's the reason why you know, I, was, I talked to you on Sunday about the thing that, that, that uh, comes against all of that, that, that fights that. Battles that is not something else on the outside, but something on the inside. Yes, there are you know, spiritual forces on the outside that will back you up, you know, the angels of God and so on and so forth. But remember again that you know, the Apostle John is going to talk about that the greatest thing that you have is what's in you. Is God in you. That's why he's going to say, you know, greater is he that is in you than, can I just say it this way, than all the influences and all the stuff that's in the world trying to drag you away and tell you other things. Can I say it that way? Okay. So, you know, we, we need to sort of get this. Alright, so again it says here, all these present themselves without proper credentials. They come in their own name, yet the people yield their all to them, and they lead many astray. And we've seen that happen over and over again. And, you know, can I just say this as well? You know, when, when, when you talk about people being led astray, you know, I'm not talking about religious things. I'm just talking about, you know... Pop stars and you know all that. You know, so and so wears this, so we're all wearing that. So and so said that's good. Oh, we're all going to buy that today and, and drink that today and you know whatever, whatever. You all see what I'm trying to say, amen. And and it can be anything really. It can be anything from there to parliamentarians that that are being you know influenced by demons and making some really bad laws. Can we get amen on that? Okay. Added to this, Arkent Hughes says that the subsequent. Historical accounts tell us that there were, I'm in page 27, that there were no less than 63 messianic claimants who attracted followers. These false prophets gained, gained adherence because their claims corresponded with men's desires. That is a key thing. Do you understand that that's, I believe, the basis for evolution? Because men desired a godless world. Because they didn't want to uh, give an account to a creator. They didn't want to acknowledge a creator. Because if they did, then all their evil deeds would have to be accounted for. They would have to give an account. And so let's just get rid of God. And then say we don't have to give an account to anybody. We've just come from animals. We can do whatever we like. Are you all here? Okay. And even if there is evidence to say otherwise, we don't want to know about it. We're going to bury it. And that's exactly what has happened over and over and over again. And that's why it's so laughable when people say, Oh, look, we have all the evidence to prove that you know, all of this is right. No, that's all the doctored evidence that you are waving around thinking. See, this is what the Bible says, that you can actually deceive yourself into thinking whatever you want. Because after a while, you want to believe that, you need to believe that, and you don't want anybody else to challenge what you're believing, because otherwise your conscience starts to get into play. Can I say the sad problem with all of that is one day you're going to die, you're going to get to hell, and you're going to go, oops. And <laughs> it's going to be too late. I mean, it's there waiting for you. Are you all here? Amen. Okay.
Continuing on with the quote by Arkent Hughes, he says, They offered easy victory and political and material power while Christ offered a cross. I think that's really interesting. All right, what this is telling us is, the cross is you put others before yourself. The cross is, you know, if, if, got, if you've got a choice of doing something that will benefit you at the expense of somebody else, think twice. You all here? Now, if it's going to benefit you and not hurt anybody else, hallelujah, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Just very quickly. But if, it is, if it's going to be at the expense of somebody else, then look to take a step back. Because it's very interesting, whatever you give up for somebody else, whoever humbles himself, something very interesting happen, happens, God exalts. Which means if you were backing off from a position that you, know, you were trying to go for, and there was somebody else going for it, and it was a close tie between the two of you, and it's almost like they're saying, well, you two pick which one's going to get this. The, you know, as a Christian, you would say, you know what? Give it to them. But you know what God does? God will then say to that person that asks the question, see how they are willing to sacrifice? That's the kind of person you want on top of the guy that just got the promotion. So look for a position up here somewhere, and as soon as we find it, we know who our man is. And so what you think you give up, you actually gain so much more at the other end. Amen? Just things to think about. Okay. <clears throat> Finally, William MacDonald expands on the final end of all this and says that in a, in a coming day, a self-appointed ruler will rise among the Jewish people and demanded to be worshipped as God. This is the false Christ, okay, the false prophet. <clears throat> I should call him the Antichrist. That's in Second Thessalonians. By the way, we'll look at all of this. Because all of this is the life of Christ. All of this has to do with history. It has to do with what Jesus is doing. And what the Antichrist... If, if there is a Christ in it, we're looking at it. Okay? <laughs> so we're looking at the Christ. We need to look at the Antichrist. We need to look at all the false things that are going to happen as well. So that's kind of exciting when we get to it. So don't think that's all... We're not going to look at it. We're going to look at everything. Because it is for that reason Jesus is going to come back. Amen? So we all need to see why he needs to come back, why he's going to come back, and how he's going to come back, and what the, uh, the consequences are going to be for all of these, you know, antichrists and everything else. <clears throat> There's going to be some exciting lessons. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. So <laughs> hopefully before the, the rapture, you know, we'll get to those lessons. I, you know, I question that sometimes. All right. <laughs> the, uh, continuing, the majority of the Jewish nations will accept this antichrist as their ruler, and as a result, they will come under severe judgment from God, needless to say. Amen? And so Jesus now goes on to reveal the real problem these Jews are having, and says in John chapter 5, now on, at, in verse 44, How can you believe who receive honor from one another? Okay? He's, it's a, there's a comma there, okay? So he's saying, how are you going to believe me when you are always looking for honor from each other? When I'm looking to be honored by God. And you don't know God. So, you know, we've got a problem here. Okay? And he says, and, and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Now, that's, re <laughs> that's really interesting. Because he's saying, listen, the problem you're having with me, you don't know God. That's why I started this all with the part where it talks about God. Yeah? The problem he's saying is, number one, because you don't know God, you don't have your, His word in you. So every time he talks to you, you miss it because you don't hear him. Remember Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. 
Okay? So these are telling us that these are not God's sheep, by the way, even though they're in the name of God. Okay, and so he, so he's sort of saying, he's saying now, this is the problem we're having. You don't, you don't have God's word in you. You don't have God's love in you. Remember we looked at that before? Okay, and now he's saying, the other problem is, because you're looking outside of God for everything, and you're not going to find me there. Because it is only God who is going to confirm me. He's going to let you know in your hearts, that's my son, in whom I'm well pleased, and I'm pleased with you. <laughs> Okay, which is what's coming and they don't want to hear that. Because one of, the, one of the first things that happen when you get into prayer is that God starts to let you know all the stuff you did wrong. Do you know why those are things that are holding you back from Him? Because remember, He is in the light and we have to be in the light as He is in the light. He's not going to come into our darkness. We need to step into His light. Are you all with me? Amen? Okay, that's also in First John. Anyway. See, see why they couldn't kill John, the Apostle John? Okay, he knew these incredible truths, man. I mean, just one of those things working in your life will just put you in a place where the devil can't mess with you. Alright, so anyway, that's why we're doing that book on Sundays. Anyway, back to this. <clears throat> so, he's saying here, let me read our Hughes. He says, Christ's educated hearers, okay, I like the way he said that. They're educated hearers, okay? Fell short of believing because they were motivated by self-glory rather than a desire for God's glory. So we see this problem immediately. Amen? They wanted to receive glory from other scholars. In the rabbinical schools, the study of scriptures was a means to gain fame. To show off one's intellectual prowess. They knew the word of God backwards and forwards... But they were unsaved. I think that's incredible. How do we know they were unsaved? Because Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. Pretty much, if that's your father, that's where you're going. You're going to hell. You know? <laughs> okay? Alright. So, <clears throat> let, let me just talk to you about this just for uh, just a moment. This is, this is kind of one of the things that is actually going on in the world. It, 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 it's not very obvious. It's kind of... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to look for the right words here. Uh, it's, it's kind of undercover. Okay? Uh, where, you know, you get these preachers sort of saying, oh, you know, uh, who will vouch for you? And, you know, which camp do you come from? And, you know, all of those sort of things. And so they're looking for honor from men about whether, you know, whether you're legit or not. You know, can I use that word? Okay, okay, legitimate, okay. And, and so, and if you don't have that, I, I remember being basically threatened by, you know, one preacher saying, oh, you won't have any credentials or, you know, anything like that if you leave, you know, because nobody will know you and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know what, I don't want to be known for, you know, this, okay, <laughs> all right. I want people to know me because I want God to speak into people's hearts and say, yes, that's, that's my kid. You know, you listen to him. You know what I'm trying to say? But this is something that in, in kind of the religious world, in the church world, and in, you know, in all the camps that I've seen, they seem to have this. And to a degree, it's okay. I, I, I get where they're coming from. And, you know, because you, you want to make sure that you're not getting some charlatan and, you know, somebody that's ripping people off and stuff. You know, where somebody can say, yes, I can vouch for this person, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But we have to be careful that we're not basing our ministry on other people and what they say about us. That we're not saying, well, based on everything they say, I know I'm doing the right thing. They might all be wrong and you're following you know, the blind and in the blind. 
You know, you, amen? And so, you know, you need to be the person that goes to God at the end of the day and say, God, what do you want me to do? And if you're not going to God and asking that, and if you have to go to a committee or a board, okay, and get permission from them about what you're going to teach and what you're going to do and everything else, and they have to give the nod about everything that you do, I, I, I'll back off, man. I'm just thinking, this is, this, this is a deacon-possessed church. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay, this is not God talking. These are, you know, everybody make decisions and only those decisions are carried out. We're going back to that pharisaical system now again. You know, what you can and can't do on the Sabbath. Just like what you can and can't do at church on Sunday. Amen? So, this is the problem we're having here. This is, you know, the Pharisees are looking for, well, you know, which rabbi vouches for you? You know, who, were you, who did you sit under? Give us some names. We don't like what you're saying because you are literally coming against everything that our saintly rabbis have preached. Wrong, man. But okay, all right? And we don't want to listen to you. Because we're used to listening to people that have come from Rabbi so-and-so, and from that school, and from this one over here, and we know that. And yes, we will invite you to our synagogue, because you all come highly recommended. Of course you don't do any miracles or anything like that. But we don't care. Because we're more interested in where you come from and your pedigree, do you understand? Amen? That's why Jesus just, you know, tipped the apple cart everywhere he went. He'd do stuff on the wrong day, but he did stuff they couldn't do. So, you know, so they'd have this problem. Because the, the religious people are going, ah, it's a Sabbath, you can't do that. And the, the, the normal people are going, oh, he did it on the Sabbath. You know, I mean, he actually did it. He healed this guy. It was a wrong day, but you know, like somebody said, well, if God wasn't with him, he wouldn't be doing this. So God must be with him. I don't know why the rabbi is having a heart attack over there. Amen. Hmm? Okay. In fact, in this very gospel, in John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43, the apostle John goes on to actually say that many people, including some of the Jewish leaders, believed in him, but they wouldn't admit it to anyone because of their fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. Watch, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. That's as clear as you can get it. Amen? In other words, as Leon Morris puts it, the issue is the glory of self or the glory of God. It is an issue that divides people still. Did you get that? Amen? Issue, the issue again, glory of self or glory of God? Which one do we want? You know, I say glory of God, hallelujah. Because remember John says all the stuff in the world is passing away. Amen? But those who do the will of God will remain forever. That's what goes on forever, hallelujah. <clears throat> in fact, in his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 2 and verse 29, No, a true Jew is the one whose heart is right with God. Remember, he was, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, okay? So he can talk. And true circumcision is not a cutting of the body, but a change of heart produced by God's Spirit. Alright, which means you need the Spirit of God in you. Whoever has that kind of change 
seeks praise from God, not from people. That's the New Living Translation. I think it's very clear. Amen? So, you know, even that ritual of, of circumcision was more for men after a certain point, because God said, I don't need that anymore. So why are they doing it? Why are they doing it today? Huh? It's for men. It's so you can say, you know, I am circumcised. You know, that's the, just off the top, topic here for a second, that's, that's the reason that <laughs> the Apostle Paul, two of his protégés, two of the people that he uh, trained in ministry, were Timothy and Titus. You all know? Okay, all right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Timothy, he had to circumcise because whenever he was challenged about where he was coming from, and you know, because Paul wasn't so popular, because he came against the Jews and he turned, you know, okay. And, and, and so, Timothy, when he was challenged, you know, he, he kind of wasn't up to standing up to people. So, Paul circumcised him for that one reason. Because he couldn't stand up for himself. Because they say, are you a Jew? Well, are you circumcised? No. Well, that was it. That was the end of the argument. But then here come Titus. Boy, you know, he's just a straight shooter, like John Wayne. You know what I'm trying to say? He, he's, one, he's one of those people that, they say, are you, a, you, know, are, are you circumcised? He goes, shut up, sit down, it's none of your business. Now listen to what I'm saying, because you all people are going to hell. So I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. This other business you don't need to know because that's not going to get you to heaven. Me being circumcised isn't going to do anything for you. They go, hmm, that's true. <laughs> okay? So it says, shut up and listen. And that was, his, that, was, that was his two-point message. Shut up, listen. I speak, you listen. He was like that. That's why, you know, <clears throat> Paul sends Titus to the Isle of Crete. You know, that's where we get the saying, you cretin. It's actually you Cretan. That's the right way to say it because that's how bad these people were. And 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 Paul sends Titus off there and leaves him. In fact, he doesn't send him. He just drops him off there and leaves him there. If that was Timothy, he would find bones on the seashore about two weeks later. He'd be dead and nobody saw it. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say? He fell on a knife backwards six times, you know, on accident, you know. But not Titus. And so that that was something that Titus wasn't looking for honor from men. Are you all with me? Okay. And we need to be that way. We need to be in the position where, see, what's the circumcision for us? It's baptism. Some people need it, some people don't. Understand something, you getting wet doesn't send you to heaven. How do we know that? Thief is on the cross. Remember, Jesus, one repented, and he said, you will be in paradise. He guaranteed his, his salvation. He didn't say, oh, can one of you Roman people come and throw some water on this dude? I need him baptized before he dies on this cross. Uh, how ridiculous that would have been. And Jesus didn't turn to him and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I wish it would rain because I could baptize you then. And you know, then you could go to heaven. But it's not raining. You're done for. I'm sorry about that. See you later. Bye. How ridiculous is that? And this is why people make big issues about baptism and stuff. Hey, it's, it's not a bad thing. But you know, don't get it to a place where it's so religious that if you don't think you're not baptized, you're not going to heaven. You all with me? Amen? Okay. Because God receives you based on your heart decisions, not on whether you got wet or not. Are you all here? All right. So we do all that other stuff just as an addition to confirm you're going, not to get you going. You, all, you get the difference? Cool. Okay. Awesome.
Alright, here we go. In his commentary, William Hendrickson explains that these Jews whom Jesus is addressing may intone, chant their petitions twice each day, addressing them to the only God on the basis of Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Yet, they do not seek the praise that comes from the only God. Neither do they love Him, as commanded in the passage in Deuteronomy. Lack of love always has a blinding effect. It was not lack of evidence, but lack of love, which caused these men to reject the Christ. Remember, He healed people. He let them know in no uncertain terms that God had sent Him. And in fact, over and over again, you hear people saying, God has visited His people. He must be from God. Glory to God. Whenever He did something, all the glory just kept going back to God. God was the one being acknowledged over and over again. So there was no lack of evidence. Amen? It was a lack of love that caused them to reject Him. Accordingly, R. Kent Hughes says that when we come to the Scriptures, there must be a yielding of our lives, a focus not on self, but on God. Can I say that again? When we come to the scriptures, there must be a yielding of ourselves, of our lives. We need to say, God, my life belongs to you. We need to yield, you understand the word yield, yeah? We need to yield our life to God. We need to say, it's yours, God, okay? A focus, not on self, but on God. So that we're not trying to hang on to things. See, a lot of times people go into prayer and go into that, that uh, time with God with, I, I wonder how much of I can keep, you know, of, of all the things that I want to do and whatever uh, to myself and still get blessed. Can I just be honest? Don't we all kind of go in there like that? Kind of, just being honest, you know? We kind of go in there and go, yeah, but God, I don't want to give that up. But I do want to be blessed. Mm. Okay. And God going, okay, I want to bless you. But, you know, some things are just getting in the way of me blessing you. I will bless you as much as I can for where you are meeting you know, me and, and doing what I'm saying for you to do. You know, and I see that happening a lot of times in a lot of different areas and I don't want to bring any of them up. But I see that in different, different ways. Where God will say, do this, and they don't want to do it. And, and God's going, well, I can't bless you the way I need to bless you. I don't want to bless you. Okay, until you do certain things. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's what he's talking about here. That there must be a yielding of our lives. A focus not on self, but on God. Then we will be able to hear what the scriptures have to say to us. It's only as we yield to God, will we begin to hear what God is saying through the word. See, it's not the scriptures, the words on the page really. It's the spirit of God speaking through the words in the page that make an impact on our life. You know, that's why you know, people say, oh, read your Bible. Don't just read your Bible. Hear me, Okay. What you need to do is you need to involve God in your Bible reading. You need to go to God and say, show me something. Amen? Because I know so many people that say, oh, well, I, le- I read five passages today. Uh, okay. And? See, they think that's it. I'm going, and? What would you get out of it? You're just telling me you can read really fast. I can read really fast too. Well, maybe not that fast, but you know, Okay. Who cares? Did God talk to you? God talks to you. Well, He doesn't to you. Now I'm scared. Who are you listening to? No. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm trying to say? Amen. You know, people say, oh, I'm scared when people say God talked to them. I'm scared when people say they don't hear from God. Because somebody is talking to them. Amen. Anyway, let's not go there. 
already did, but anyway. All right. <laughs> Sadly, that's not the case here. For having listened to the Lord's rebukes and completely missing the point of why he is rebuking them, as brought out in John 5.34, and that is, I say these things that you may be saved. Remember that? The Jews begin to regard Jesus as an accuser, perhaps thinking of the scriptures in Zechariah 3.1, which stated, Then he showed uh, me, that's Zechariah, Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. And so once again, so see, <clears throat> that's what they're thinking, that what Jesus is doing is accusing them. He is that demon that is standing next to them who they see as Joshua. Are you getting the parallels here? Okay. And so they're thinking, oh, he's come down to accuse us. We're all so religious and we're all so right with God. And he's just here to mess things up for us. And Jesus is, that's the last thing on his mind. You know, he's being stern with them. He, he's, he's trying to get through to them because he wants them saved. So once again, having read their thoughts, which Jesus did so well and so often, we'll finish with this. He now says to them in John 5 and verse 45, Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. We are going to pick that up next time and look at it on what Moses wrote down. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.